Welcome, friends, to another episode of the All The Things Podcast. I'm Lauren Pryor, here with my co-host, Anne-Marie Rosa, and together we have 25 years of business owning experience and five kids ranging in age from 6 to 22. We are all the things, and we've come together to create a supportive space for mamas who own their own businesses or are thinking of starting a business. We will brighten your day with tips and tricks for motherhood and life as an entrepreneur. Our hope is that more than anything, you will find a friend in us here, but also that you leave with some inspiration, ideas, and stories that might resonate with you wherever you might be in your motherhood and entrepreneurial journey. So grab your favorite beverage, turn the volume up, and let's dive right into this life of ours by design. Good morning, friend. How are you? Good morning. I am doing good. Or should I say good afternoon? I know. (laughs) Yeah. It is getting late in the day here. How are things going for you? Did you get caught in the ice on your trip that recently? I haven't seen you since you got back. I know. I know. It has been a whirlwind uh, the last couple of weeks. We are in that season of life for college. So we, uh, I went to Austin for work. And then a couple days later, we hopped on a plane, went to New York City, did some college tours, college auditions, then hopped on another plane, went to Chicago, some more college auditions, thankfully all in one place. Um, and it was freezing. Mind you, we had we had the ice storm in Tennessee. Right. Uh, but then going to New York, uh, like that cold ended up being like just following us. It was like 19 degrees, but it felt like negative 10. Like it's terrible. That is not a comfortable way to like get through the streets of New York. Like, no, it was <laughs> not my kind it of weather. was terrible. It was the weather was terrible, but we had a good time. <laughs> That's good, at least. Yeah, yeah. And what have you been up to, friend? Uh, I've been busy. Things have been a little cuckoo, but you know, that's life with two little kids and running around working and doing all kinds of stuff. And one of my best girlfriends just had her first baby. So huge shout out to her. Very, very excited. She's that's had her first exciting. little baby, Jonathan. Did I tell you about that? My friend, Kate? Oh my gosh, that's right. It's baby season. I know. So my brother just season. had a baby. That's right. Everybody's having babies. It's like two the babies best in time. two weeks. Yeah. I know. Oh my so she was in the hospital when the Austin ice storm was hitting. So, um, yeah, so ice everywhere. And, uh, and actually my house in Austin lost, um, a whole bunch of branches and there's huge brush pile, but we were really lucky to not lose any trees because so many people there lost trees, like full on huge trees just fell over. Um, and luckily in Louisiana, that wasn't the case, but in Austin, it was like, you know, they were so stressed out from the ice storm a couple of years ago. I think the trees had just had it when yeah. they got covered in ice a second time. Yeah. It's just the infrastructure is like Texas folks. We're just not, we're, we're not, we're not ready for that kind of weather. <laughs> it's not that. our vibe. Yeah. It keeps uh-uh. trying to happen. Like 
fetch keeps trying to happen with ice and snow and just the whole <laughs> city and the state doesn't know what to do no. when there is inclement weather like that. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, we had the same we had the same ice storm in Tennessee, put us out of school for a couple of days. And that was nice. <laughs> and we've been uh, taking a break from renovations. Oh, so, yeah. Because you've got stuff going on in your house. You just did floors, huh? Yeah, the floors are, well, the floors are like halfway finished. We've got half the half the bottom of the house done. But um, I don't know. I keep dragging my feet with getting the rest of it done. It's just... You know, you have to put your whole life on hold when you're remodeling. It feels that way, you know, and everything's everywhere and you can't find anything. And it's kind of kind of takes over your world. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. And people in your house all the time. All the time. That's true. Oh, I'm glad we're taking a break. I that's the part that like it makes me anxious is just like just people around all the time and you you can't do your regular stuff at home, like getting on your phone calls and doing your things. And you're worried if there's a drill in the background, you know, while you're trying to have a zoom meeting. So it's nice. It's nice to have that, that little bit of a break. And then we're going to get back into it. End of, end of spring, beginning of summer. Right. (laughs) Right. As soon as everybody's home again, full time. (laughs) I know. I know. That's the whole thing. Yeah. But in between, we'll be working on some little projects like putting some shelves up and adding a little wallpaper, just little things we can do ourselves. Mm -hmm. As you can see, uh, you know, those of you listening, uh, we're, we're on a Zoom so she can see what's behind me. I've got wires everywhere. (laughs) and because I'm doing um seed starting I've got my seeds for inside those are seed trays yep those are my seed trays and then you see those little lights up there so that will you know give it the illusion of daylight and then they'll start to grow and then I can move them over into my potager garden so I'll be busy doing that for uh you know the next couple of weeks or so yeah all of my seeds Yes, I'm really, really excited to see how your garden goes out there. And I did not realize that's what was behind you. Um, yeah. But uh, Anne-Marie and I are both working out of new to us offices. Oh, there goes my dog down the hall. He's alerting <laughs> us all to the dangers of whoever's at the door. Um, <laughs> um, so I am working out of an office right now that um, needs some love. It's like our spare room and Anne-Marie has equated it to the, uh, frat house, you know, look, it's got a whole bunch of yellow and white balloons over my shoulder in the corner that are left over from my (laughs) son's minion party. And, uh, just below that, there's like a treadmill hidden underneath that. Um, but I do have this beautiful new piece behind me that I'm really excited about. That's like going to be my new desk that I'm really excited about. It's, it's a, an antique hutch with a built-in desk that you can fold up and store away like a captain's desk, secretary mm-hmm. type concept. So I'm really excited. And Anne-Marie and I are both kind of on this journey to um, inspiration for this season. So we were thinking about the concept of inspiration and what inspired us to be entrepreneurs and what what is that gene in us and in other people that pulls you into the life of entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurhood, entrepreneur life, I don't know. And, uh, you know, what is it that inspires you to live that way? And um, 
my my story is is kind of I guess maybe unusual for an entrepreneur because I did not grow up thinking I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was not my dream. Was that your dream, Anne Marie? Um, I it, it I wouldn't say it was a dream per se, but I definitely fly by the seat of my pants. It's just how I function as a human in this world. Um, and we do have a lot of creative roots in our family. Uh, you know, when, growing up, I was a big part of, you know, entertainment, music, all of that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just, it, it wasn't necessarily a dream, more so like a lifestyle. Right, right. That I was like, okay, this is a lifestyle that I think could work for me yeah. um, in, in the moment that I decided to like start thinking about, you know, I, I have kids, you know, I was having my, my first baby, Anthony, which is now, he's now 23. And, um, and I had been working a lot. I was working two jobs. I was, um, go, I was a, a college student, you know, so I was, a, we were young parents at the time and, it was just the hustle and bustle of life was sucking us in. And I, and I thought to myself, like, there has to be more to this. Like you have to be able to be happy with what you're doing. And also, um, be able to be there with your family, you know, spend time with your family. And so becoming an entrepreneur for me was the kind of like the, the template of, I can have create my own schedule. I can have flexibility for with my family. I can also be creative and do the things that I love. And all of that can live harmoniously if we, you know, if if I'm able to create what we talk about a lot, which is a life by design. Right. Granted, a life by design, you know, it's you end up working harder than you would for anybody else. That's just kind of how it goes. That's how it goes, you know, but then you learn how to kind of you figure things out as you go and you learn to prioritize and all of that. And I think it's just it's one of the best. It's how I can function like in this world of hustle culture and, you know, demands of on society and toting the kids here and there all over the place and trying to be home and make dinner and do all this stuff. This is how I can function. I can function if I have the flexibility to do so. But how about you? What what made you think about becoming an entrepreneur? Well, when we were talking about this episode, I was trying to think back um, to my early days as a child and think of, you know, what, what did I really dream about when I was a kid? And I know I always wanted to be a mother, always, always. But really, when I sat back and thought about what were my professional dreams, I wanted to be a teacher and I was a teacher at some point in my life, but I didn't have a specific like, oh, I have to go to grad school for this, or I have to get a PhD because I want to do this thing. But when I was in my 20s, I, I looked back and realized that I had, had this pattern <clears throat> in my life that I started when I was like nine, 10 years old. And it came from living with a mom who was single and looking for a house. 
And every Saturday we would go, I can't remember if I told this story on the podcast before. Do you remember if I've told this? Um, I feel like we briefly touched on it, but we didn't fully get into it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't go to business school. I did not, um, you know, I, this, this wasn't, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking, okay, I'm going to grow up and be an entrepreneur, but I spent every Saturday with my mom making a plan to go see all the houses where we lived. So I would get out the newspaper and I would circle all the houses that I thought would fit for us. Not all the houses, but the houses that I thought would fit. And then I would get out the map and I would draw, you know, the right route for us. And I would sit in the front seat and I would direct her, okay, turn right here, turn left here. This is where we need to go. This is the neighborhood. And we never had a realtor. <laughs> we would just stop and look in the windows because the houses were vacant. And we go in the backyard and I would, you know, I would talk through all of the points about the house. And then we would get back in the car and we'd go to the next house. And we would do this every Saturday for like 10 years, 10, 15 years. And I loved it. It was a huge, it was also, you know, a bonding time for me and my mom. And, uh, and when I was in my twenties, I started kind of doing that for my girlfriends whenever they needed a place, you know, they were moving to a new rental or whatever. I would go and look for them. And it just became an obvious thing that I wanted to do with my time. And I just had this kind of aha moment where I realized, you know, this could be a career for me. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I want to spend my time doing it and I'm good at it. I have passion for it. Why mm -hmm. would this not be an obvious fit for me? And so that's how that came together for me. And it just kind of became a lifestyle for me as opposed to, directly choosing it you know it's like it, it chose mm -hmm. me it was already part of my life and it mm -hmm. chose me and um and that's the inspiration for that comes from my mom you know and my mom and my life as a child yeah I feel like um our childhood everything that happens before is something that shapes us you right. know um and as you're kind of thinking about the future, you're kind of wanting to, in some ways, correct the past. So that's kind of my situation, like getting further into it is more, um, we had a, we had a, we had good, a good childhood at some points, um, but we were always moving. We didn't have any stability, you know, I think my parents, they, like bless them. They really tried, <laughs> you know, they, they did their best. Um, and I just kind of going into being an adult and having children. Um, I didn't kind of want that, you know, similar way of just constantly moving around and not having any structure, you know, and things like that. And so I think the light bulb moment, if we're talking about like the root of it for me, is uh, when I had my son, he immediately went to daycare at six weeks old. And I remember uh, that one of the girls, you know, at this time, I'm like working a day job and a night job. I was working in a restaurant uh, or no, was I working in a restaurant? No, I wasn't working in a restaurant yet, but I was going to school. And, um, and, you know, he had been in daycare for, for a, a little while 
And I remember when he started getting close to walking, um, the one of the ladies that worked at the daycare, she like had taken a video of him walking, but I had not seen him walking yet. And at that point, it hit me, you know, the which is funny because it's like the photography and the video came together with the work, you know, with that part of it for me. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know, like, I'm glad that she took those photos, but I felt bad that I wasn't there to like witness it. Like what else, what other milestones were, was he hitting? Because I was just so like my whole day, he was in daycare from like six in the morning to like, you know, late in the, in the evening until right about they were going to close. I was in school all day, finally ended up getting like a little job. And it was very stressful for me. I felt like I was, you know, we were missing out on all these moments. And, um, and then I just kind of decided like, well, you know, the days are going by, it's like dinner, bedtime, bath time, you know, wake up, it's groundhog day, you're doing it all over again. And that's when I felt like there has to be something different. You know, there has to be something I can do because I was feeling like most moms that work full time, mm -hmm. you know, there's no, it's a yin and yang thing. When you're, when you're a stay at home mom, you're feeling very overwhelmed because you have a lot going on. And I experienced that lifestyle when I had my older, my, my last one, which is now 12. Um, but on the contrary, when you're a full-time working mother, it, it sometimes like it hurts, you know, to be missing out on all of those moments and becoming a photographer, it had dawned on me, like, this is so important to create and document, like, your life, you know, as a mother, because you have all of these little tiny things that are happening to you during the day that you don't really pay attention to, you know, like, have you ever just kind of like stared at a window and you can see like the little dust particles shining through the, you yeah. know, when the sunlight is coming in? Yes you know? And so those, that's kind of what meshed it for me is like, I am, I like, I am having these moments with my kid when he's home. I just, I don't see them because I'm so busy. Right. And so becoming a photographer, I was able to tie in being able to have that like uh, perspective of being a mother that, you know, was very busy and worked a lot. And then also knowing like, this is the void that I want to fill for, for other parents that were in the same situation as me bonus points that, you know, eventually I was able to stop working full time. I, I had, um, you know, a, a job at a really great school with my, when my daughter was born, she was about three years old and I was making salary there. And, you know, once I, once I uh, started kind of, I was shooting a lot on the weekends and photographing families and doing a little bit of everything. And then I was like, well, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to do this full time. And I've, I've never looked back. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think that situation with my parents uh, and our the way that we lived really kind of shaped everything. And I wanted to build that structure and that stability. And I went in really hard, 
you know, right. <laughs> like in entrepreneurship, like that, even the world of hustle culture kind of sucked me in the first couple of years because I was trying so hard, you know, when you become an artist, there's like that starving artist syndrome where people think like, how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to pay your rent? You know, as a photographer, so there's true. like that stigma attached to it. And yeah. I told myself like, this is going to be as good as anybody walking into nine to five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I worked really hard to get it to that place. And, uh, and, you know, everything else, you know, falls into place after that with just building flexibility and prioritizing and all of that. But yeah, right. we can get real deep, girl. We can <laughs> get real deep here. <laughs> but I'll end there. Go deep. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking just now when you were saying about hustle culture, it's it's one thing for us and for a lot of people to say, you know, beware of hustle culture, beware of all of these things. But it's so true that, you know, when you're in the very beginning of your career and when you're also a a new mom, um, it's it's hard sometimes to hold yourself back from burning the candle at both ends. It's mm -hmm. hard to hold yourself back from, you know, just working and working and working and working and trying to be the best mom you can possibly be. Um, but you're just you're you're trying to kill it so hard in all aspects of your life that you can just burn out. And it's, you know, it, it happened to me and it happened to you and it's happened to so many of our friends and people that we know. Um, but it's really hard to avoid because you're just trying. So you're a trier, you know, it's like, yeah, how are you not a trier? <laughs> you're not, mm -hmm. a, you know, how can you not be a trier? Um, but it's true. And, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we want to talk about this season is, you know, finding inspiration and keeping our cups full and, um, you know, uh, helping each other to get through this life and staying, walking alongside each other and um, inspiration just in general. So yeah, <clears throat> we do want to talk also about, you know, pros and cons in the entrepreneur life. Uh, so Anne-Marie, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to go back and forth and just talk about, you know, what do you see as the pros that the biggest pros, like maybe you'll share one, I'll share one. We'll go back and forth. Pros of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it just the, the pros is definitely like the flexibility, although it takes time to find that mm -hmm. it takes time to be able to create your schedule and find a rhythm that works for you. And you kind of get through a lot of challenges trying to figure that out because with entrepreneurship, you have a lot to, you know, you, you go into it thinking like, I have a lot to lose. Like I'm going into this, I'm responsible for my own paycheck. You know, you don't get any days off. You don't get your vacations paid. Okay, girl. Um, I said pros. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah. Well that, but yeah. <laughs> But so the pros are that you have that flexibility to be able to kind of create the life that you want. And that's a beautiful thing because all of that hard work that you have to do, you know, to get there. And like as entrepreneurs, we feel like we have more to prove, mm -hmm. you know, and so um, I think once you kind of get to a place where you know, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to be able to get my kids from school and roll up into the, 
you know, carpool pickup and be there at 2.30 to get them from school as opposed to being stuck at work, you know, all the way until like five or six o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, which is not a bad, you know, structure for anyone if that's what their day looks like. But I knew that in my heart, it was just so important for me to be able to have the time. I wanted to be that first face that my kids saw when they got out of school because of that past experience of, you know, being in daycare all day and being around other people, you know? Right. right. So that was like my one little tiny first goal that made me like super happy to have, but that flexibility is a game changer for sure. I think for, for me, the, the fact that the income you make is based on, it's not based on a set schedule from a corporation. Um, it's based on multiple factors. And one of those factors is the level of work that you put in. Um, I think for me is a huge plus. So for instance, you know, I mentioned earlier that I have years in my background as a teacher. So as a teacher, and I think teachers are amazing, magical people who work extremely hard, but I might've put in 60, 70 hours a week as a teacher but my salary was not going to be different. You know, it was always the same, no matter if I put in the minimal or if I put in the, you know, the maximum that I possibly could. And that was really frustrating to me. Um, And I also felt like I was very um, stagnated creatively um, Mm. as what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's also a spectrum in your, um, income based on, you know, what the product is that you're trying to create, promote and sell, um, and what the market is for that. And then you put into this other piece of the pie, you know, your work ethic. And so there's multiple pieces to it. It's not just how hard are you willing to work, but how hard you're willing to work does make a huge difference. Whereas in the private sector where you're working for a company, um, how hard you're willing to work sometimes makes a difference and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just, this is your salary, no matter what. And that was super frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about any of the drawbacks? I mean, I think we kind of touched yeah. on some of those already. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get yeah. too dark, but <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it's, you can, there are so many resources now from when I started, True. you know, where you can do, you know, like all of these different online tools and systems and even like HR, you know, like having, having like an HR, uh, you know, resource that you can look out to as an entrepreneur. But uh, even with being an entrepreneur, you are your, your own brand. You know, that's what I love about it. You are, your template is your personality. It's your, your character. Um, And that's what I love about it. Whereas if you kind of work for a company, you have to take on their image in a way you maybe sometimes have to dress how they tell you to dress. You may have to speak a way that they tell you to speak. And that might not be, um, true to your, you know, that might not be true to you. It might not be very genuine. It might not feel genuine for you. 
Um, so, you know, and then also, you know, with what I was talking about before, like having to pay for your own vacations, having to take your, your time off, but that all goes to with what you're saying is, you know, if you can plan, if you know that you're going to take a vacation, you know, in a couple of weeks as an entrepreneur, you might have the flexibility to work an extra day or two so that you can kind of meet that deficit and you can be relaxed on your vacation. Whereas you might not have a lot of wiggle room to do that with your employer or with your current job. Like it's kind of like you're maxed, you know, um, with certain things. And so there's a lot more pros I feel like than there are cons. What do you think is a con? Um, I think a huge con is, okay, here's, here's a couple of my things. Um, having the community that you have when you work at an office. I mean, sometimes oh, office yeah. is not always like your bestie, best friends anyway, but you do have like the office party every year, that kind of thing. Like we mm-hmm. had to make our own Anne Marie and I, and a bunch of other ladies in Austin, we made our own. We always had our office quote unquote office party every year. That was super Mm -hmm. fun. But if you don't have that and you're an entrepreneur, I feel like the holidays can be, you know, kind of lonely like that. Um, It can get lonely working from home too. Yep. Having to pay for your own healthcare. I think if you don't have a spouse who's involved in the, in an industry that you can get healthcare from, that can be really expensive. Um, And then also having nobody checking on your progress and, you know, like lashing the whip on you because in the private sector, you know, there's somebody always kind of like checking on you and like doing little like checkups and, um, you know, like what are those things called where they come in and they're like, okay, so how's this going? Evaluations. Evaluations. Yes, exactly. See, that's how long it's been. (laughs) Yeah. This is why you can go back to one of our very first episodes if you haven't already go listen to the accountability crew because this is how we keep each other in check. Thank you. Yes. Right. That's how entrepreneurs can survive that hurdle. You need an accountability crew. And let's point out also more than one person. You can have an accountability partner in multiple areas of your life who can look out for you, not just one entrepreneurial accountability partner. You can have one as a motherhood person or uh, you know, in multiple places of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, we also wanted, we need, we're, we're going to wrap this up in just a couple of minutes. Um, we wanted to briefly talk about goal setting and intention since it's our first episode of the year, first episode of the season. Um, we also little, little side note, we threw in a little bonus episode, <laughs> a lost oh. episode into season one. That was all about hustle culture that we filmed last year and it got lost. And so and the matrix y'all yeah, it was lost. And so it's over there in season one. And some of y'all might've um, missed it last year, but it's over there. It's called hustle culture. That's what it's called. Right. I think so. Something, Something in that sort. <laughs> That's yeah. the topic anyhow. Um, mm-hmm. But we wanted to briefly revisit goal setting and intentions. Um, we talked about this at the end of 2022. And um, we talked about using SMART goals. And we have, Amory and I have used SMART goals for many years together. SMART mm-hmm. um, is an acronym. And it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. 
And the reason for that acronym is to help you um, be extremely specific about your goals so that it's not so broad that you can't reach it. Because mm-hmm. when we used to do this with a bunch of women um, in Austin, it, the goals that they would um, sometimes put together were so broad that they were not, you wouldn't have any way to know if you'd actually met that goal or not. It was like, I want to do better. I want to, I want to make more. I want to make a million dollars. And also you have to be really realistic. Like, right. Is that Unless realistic a million dollars do? is in your wheelhouse. Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you win the lotto, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, you know, and then we, we talked last year about wanting to add something to the end of our smart goals, which is, uh, celebrating, planning a celebration and planning how you're going to celebrate when you do meet your goal. Because, um, I, I feel like a lot of times, even if we do go through the, the planning part of setting a goal and then meeting the goal, sometimes we just then skip on our merry, merry way and go, make another goal and meet another goal. And we don't actually take the time to like sit down and celebrate or go out and celebrate with our girlfriends or call somebody and celebrate, you know, so Mm -hmm. actually writing down, what are we going to do to celebrate when we make this goal and thinking ahead of time and actually like, you know, it's kind of dangling that little carrot in front of you, you know, this is what I'm going to do or get or celebrate with when I meet that goal, I think is a really a good way for me, at least, to try to incentivize myself to meet that goal. What do you think, Emery? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, schedule the spa days, get the nails done, get the hair did, go shopping. You have to put on the party hat and celebrate all of the goals that you achieve, because if not, nobody else is going to do it if you don't do it. So um, it's it's a little bit strategic and it takes time to kind of really map it out. And, and again, just like, I feel like when I made goals, like I had to learn how to be very precise with it because you do have to be realistic, you know, just kind of saying again, like, I want to make a million dollars in like six months. Is that realistic? Maybe you'll make a million dollars, but maybe it might not be in six months. Maybe it might be a little further down the road. So I think a lot of that can kind of discourage you and then you end up picking another goal and picking another goal. And then you end up having all these different things and you don't quite finish, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, but what are your, so do you have a goal in mind that you're going to be tackling this year? Well, so my, my goal for myself has to do with my marketing. So mm-hmm. I am working on a marketing and setting a new marketing plan in place. So I want to have that marketing plan in place by the end of May. So I have that all written out. Um, It is, I do have a timely piece of it. It is specific and measurable and attainable and realistic. And my celebration, I think at the end, my friend, I think you and I should have like a champagne toast over Zoom whenever I make that goal. What do you think? A hundred percent. And also we need to follow through with our girls trip that we planned. Maybe that could be our end goal. Okay. Okay. But is that actually happening? Because I thought that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I we thought that we it. couldn't do we, that this year. Look, we're trying to take baby steps, you guys. Like, <laughs> oh wait, but we didn't tell everybody what, what the end of the season was going to be. 
Okay. So yes. So our season being inspiration. And since Anne-Marie and I were both kind of whining about how our offices are not inspirational to us at all. Looking drab, you guys. They are. I mean, mine's like hospital green right now. Uh, Mine's a smorgasbord of boxes and all sorts of things left over from our moving. So We, you guys are going to get to walk with us through the entire season. So make sure you stay through the end. We're going to be posting stuff on Instagram for the first time too. We have an Instagram um, channel and we have not posted anything on it, but we have it. So we're going to be trying to put our little baby steps there. And at the very end of the season, we're going to have a celebration there when we finish both of our offices. So hopefully that will be our season finale. We'll have our office inspiration. And um, and we have a podcast goal too, a podcast goal for this season where we would Mm. love to double our listenership. Is that a word? Listenership? Yeah. Our listeners, double our listeners. Yeah. I like listenerships. Let's roll with it. Yes. So listeners, if you would please very, very, uh, you would honor us if you would rate and review and share and subscribe. Um, Please, please, please. We would just love it. If you would share this podcast with any friends of yours that you think would like it. Um, we are trying to double our listeners by the end of this season. So please help us to meet our goals. And we so value you. And thank you so much for spending time with us. We really do love that you come and spend time with us um, when you meet us here. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week and catch up with you on all the things. I don't know.